Hi, everybody. Welcome to Demystifying the Expert, a show where comedians attempt to discover what a scientist or a professor does all day. The plan is for you to laugh and learn about cutting-edge science and more, one expert at a time. Before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the support of the Madison Trust Fund in the person of Mr. Edward H. Rice, the College of Science and Mathematics, and the Department of Physics and Astronomy, all from the James Madison University. This program is made possible thanks to your generous support. Thank you for tuning in and listening. together, so we're going to create a little symphony. I know some of you are still eating, but maybe for, maybe for just one second, if you can put the food down, or maybe, you know, it's going to sound even better with the mouthful, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right? We just need to try. So, um, symphony, that means, and I hope there's no physics major, or two major, in the audience, and, and physics. Uh, this is physics, music. Music major, right? Okay. So, uh, um, <laughs> We're going to split the audience in groups, and we're going to have this part saying Me. Keep going, keep going. Me. Then you say Me. Good, good, good. I didn't. 
make it yet to any of their shows, but I heard so many good things. Anyway, they have been successfully bringing you laughs ever since their founding in 1998, and they perform multiple shows every semester in TDU, better find out what that is, and as well as performing with some other JME organizations like ourselves and uh, local venues in high Stromberg community, so check them out. They do have a Facebook page, among other things, you know, people still do Facebook nowadays. So, the trio who represents tonight the new and improved are... Diego. Uh, all right, I guess we'll get that started. Uh, my name is Diego Salinas. I'm a sophomore theater major and Italian double major. Hi, uh, I'm Alan, and I'm a physics major. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a junior. That's it. I've never seen him do math. So. That's him in the, in the department. <laughs> uh, I'm Alex, and I'm a uh, sophomore communications and philosophy major. Very mm. breathing again. For our right. Okay. And our mystery expert. We are having an expert on every show. It's not only about comedy. As we say, we serve science on the comedy. Okay. So we, where you are going to learn a lot while laughing out loud. Thanks to these wonderful people. Yes, thank so you. Our mystery expert is <laughs> welcome, Professor Steve Wegmeyer. The hot check. <laughs> Steve has been at GMU since 2005, uh, and that was uh, after various faculty appointments at Boston University and University of Tennessee which followed um, a postdoctoral fellowship at the University of New Mexico, so we're getting anti-chronological order here. <laughs> and that postdoctoral fellowship was after he got his PhD at Boston University. Uh, in case you wonder, his uh, bachelor degree was uh, from the University of New Hampshire. Now, Steve wrote numerous scientific papers on what he is studying, and he is greatly invested in making the public aware of the types of things he is an expert on. And you probably realize I'm not going to tell you what he's expert on, because uh, you know, this is the purpose of our meeting today. We need to demystify that, find out what Steve is an expert on. Uh, Steve has been uh, interviewed by several TV and radio stations, uh, again, about his expertise. And uh, Steve also uh, has been a two times a finalist for the State Council of Higher Education for Virginia Outstanding Faculty Award in 2014 and 2015, which is not a small thing. You don't find that on the CV of many faculty members of universities in Virginia. So right before we start, I just would like to say a little word for our sponsors, right? Of the program, we have to acknowledge them. This program would have not been possible without the support of the Faculty Senate Mini Grant Award and JMU's Cafe. So thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So this program, I'll <coughs> together, um, 
has been initially inspired by the show You're the Expert. Please, we definitely encourage you to check it out on iTunes. Um, so uh, it consists of quite a few games that will allow us to find out uh, something, something cool about what's happening today in science. But before we start, the very first thing we do is, and this is actually coming as a surprise for our um, expert, because, because, because <laughs> <laughs> he is going to be asked many questions himself, and he will have to answer them. We would like to offer him a chance to ask, especially the comedians, a Ooh. question. And it could be just Ooh. one for the group or individually. All right. So why aren't any of you geology majors? Why would you want to be anything else besides geology majors? Uh, well, I would like to say that I did do some intense study over the summer on the Caledonian orogeny. Uh, I did uh, travel to, uh, what's it called? Uh, the really nice Glencoe and studied uh, geology at the University of St. Andrews. So, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Um, see, I like to think of myself as a very uh, grounded person, um, but uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I took a lecture. It was, it was good. Um, don't see, I'm just, it's not my thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> took a uh, geology course uh, last semester, and I uh, enjoyed it, and I did quite well, and uh, I thought we would uh, part on good terms. So. <laughs> <laughs> Quit while you're ahead. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good time to start with the very first game of the program, and that is a 20 question style guessing game in which the comedians need to come up with questions for the expert, through which the expert is allowed to answer only with a yes or no. They will find out what his expertise is about. All right, okay. Great. Uh, I got one that I've been, I've been burning to ask. Uh, do you know. Or like, do you understand what happened with like those two black holes eating each other that like made all the headlines this week? Like, is that within your area of expertise? No. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, going off your. Um, uh, the, the audience keeps uh, power, by the way, right? So you're gonna tell us again who's the winner of today's show. Who got most of the points or all of the points? I guess so, man. I'm gonna look out for number one, and that's it. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. So going off your question, that you asked us, uh, does your field of study have to do with anything pointy or sharp or, or rocky? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> we can go with maybe. Yes. Uh, okay, pointing. I didn't really want to give you a point, but yes. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, would you say your favorite type of music is rock and roll? <laughs> the first of the two, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Um, do you do any study as to like how to mine asteroids? Very you are doing pretty well until you said asteroids, so that will be a no. Ah, all right, all right. No asteroids. Like space. Do, do you do stuff with mines? <laughs> Did you say mines or mines with a D? Uh, mines. Uh, the other's more interesting. <laughs> sure, I will say yes. Point for Alan. Yes. 
Uh, have you ever played Minecraft? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay. So now, sorry to interrupt. I mean, um, Steve gave it away from the beginning with his question, and we didn't warn him. It's actually our fault. So yeah, we all know what his title is, right? A minor geologist. Very good. Right. So oh I, it's, it's really good starting point. What if we? What? If, why don't we use this starting point to? try to find out what kind of geology is mm -hmm, happening mm -hmm. in yeah, Steve's yeah. Okay. mind. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. Mind. Okay. Got it. Mm -hmm. Mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, um, how, how precious are... Uh, your stones. Yeah, are your stones. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a question I want to answer. <laughs> not, not precious at all. It, it, it's either yes or no. Uh, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> with the different kind of questions later on. Okay. Um, how much oil do you deal with? Uh, oh no, do you deal with oil? Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're having a really hard time with yes or no. Yeah, yeah, I don't listen good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what's, what's the answer? No. No, no, no oil, no, no, no oil. Um, would you, uh, uh, do you deal with uh, diamonds at all? No. Mm. Mm. Uh, does your field of study involve like building contraptions of steel and iron and to harvest our precious minerals from the earth? No. No? Oh, One more no and I don't know what's going to happen. Okay, all right. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Easy cop out. Easy cop out. All right, all right. Um, okay. Um, do you do a lot of field work? Yeah. Uh, nice, 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 if asked, do you, would you be able to shed more light on uh, the, the tsunamis? Like tsunamis, do you deal with that at all? Maybe. Maybe. All right. All right. Half a point. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, would your job involve you at any point? Uh, saying, I told you so to like the mass media or something like that. Uh, <laughs> depends whether I want to get in trouble or not. <laughs> the media or the expert? <laughs> well, so the answer to that is yes, although I might be careful about saying that. Oh. Ozone. Um, would you say that the, uh, the, the climate perhaps is, uh, is changing? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> it's warmer today than it was yesterday, so yes. Uh, if uh, needed, would you be someone that um, a team would like to have if they had to drill to the center of the earth. Oh, yeah. Would okay. you be like on, uh, like on that short list of we need this guy? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. 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 And he's pretty sure he's going to get the Nobel Prize pretty soon. <laughs> for, do they have one for geology? 
They should. They should. No Bell Prize for geology. Um, do you work, like, mainly, like, with, like, a partner? Yeah, yeah, like, or a team? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good. All right. Partner it is. <laughs> um, do you have uh, examples of what you study in your office here at JMU? Oh, that's a good one. Yes. Uh, that help me really much? Okay, progress, right. but there is progress. Okay, all right. Okay. It shakes and, and it has it. Do something, you know, like, you know, right. we can extract uh, some hints from the experts. Let us know, right? We, we want the audience to stay engaged. Mm. Uh, do, do you have to, like, look at things with... <laughs> With microscopes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Okay. So you can't reveal a lot. Yeah. 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 For reasons. Uh -huh. Deep Earth. Okay. Um. Do you realize you get a grasp of how comedians think? <laughs> slowly, very, very slowly. slow. We put things together. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Um. How? No, no, that's not a that's not a yes or no question. <laughs> um, uh, pass, pass. Yeah, I'll take. Would you say that uh, tectonic plates come up in your work on a weekly basis? Yes. Uh, How about a daily basis? Mm. Yes. Okay. okay. How about in the past thirty minutes? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. This is helpful. There's a closing time. Yeah. There's <laughs> a window. Uh, were you, would you be someone that would um, uh, explore sort of the areas of convergence or divergence in tectonic plates? Is that like a specific place you w would want to look at? Yes. All right. Are we getting warmer, hotter? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're oh. actually they're right pretty darn close. Yeah. So uh, that's why. I don't know how they got there, but they're. they're <laughs> 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 yeah. You guys smart people. So yeah. I'm just gonna take jabs at it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so do you like study like volcanoes, tectonic plates? Tectonic volcanoes? <laughs> Volcanic plates? Is, what, is there another variety? <laughs> Why don't we clarify that? And we have um, a question. Probably the only one that's going to come directly from us. Uh, say uh, you have a really important person that could invest in your work, and you need to make them do that. Uh, in this elevator that goes from third level to first level, so you need to tell them what is your work about. So I get to spill the beans now? Yes. OK. Mm. But very briefly. <laughs> and we're going to go into details later. OK. Yeah, so basically what I do is I, I study mountain building events, which directly derive from plate tectonic collisions and other things. And so I try to use, uh, try to figure out the history of the surface of the Earth and the subsurface of the Earth based on field evidence and a lot of that has to do with mountains. But then I also do reconstructions and try and reconstruct how things looked in the past. Cool. And who's trying to suppress that? Like, <laughs> like yeah, who, who, what's the agenda of making sure you don't tell the whole history? <laughs> well, you... Templars. Yeah. <laughs> if we knew the whole history, we would tell it. 
Mm. Ah. Okay. So I wasn't that far off with the whole Caledonian orogeny comment. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea where that came from, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you weren't very far off. Orogeny mil- meaning mountain genesis, so mountain building events. Wow. Wow. This, this guy isn't as a smarty pants. <laughs> That's what you get for actually putting in the, uh, the fly of the event. <laughs> Professor of Geology at yeah. the mm. yeah, I, I think I can't read. Shown the beads because I figured people would have read the flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh. but uh, they were specifically told not to. Oh. <laughs> I walked around campus with my eyes closed. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. So, uh, so, so a question about your uh, expertise, and that is, uh, what is the time scale at which those uh, Events happen. Yeah, so, so you that's, mentioned that's, about 30 minutes, right? One hour, one day, whatever. Right. right. So if if most of the plates on the surface of the Earth move at about the rate that your fingernail grows, if you want to talk about things moving around the surface of the Earth, you're talking in terms of millions or billions of years. God. So very long time scales. Now, what's like the fastest a mountain can show up? Like the <laughs> fastest possible mountain range. Yeah, Possible. Like the Usain Bolt of mountains. Yeah. Like how fast are we clocking <laughs> altitude? So there are some volcanic features uh, that okay. can form a lot faster than that. Mm-hmm. So on the order of maybe hundreds of years. Hundreds wow. of years. That's still the fastest. So, so why is it that we want to know all these things? I mean, it's just the, the fear element that the, the ground we're walking on is going to be changed in the next 30 minutes or so? What's the... The reason I want to know these things is when I walk out of this building and I see mountain range on either side of us, a valley in the middle, maybe a valley that's experiencing sinkholes, caves that are around in each of the valleys. Um, I want to know how it got that way and maybe where it's going to go in the years to come. Um, it all influences our society. I mean, our, our buildings are where they are for a reason, our roads are where they are, um, cities are where they are for a reason. And it all comes from from the geology of the Earth. So it really it really dictates our society in a lot of ways. Which brings me to another question. Uh, we have lots of caves around here. And is this a feature of this uh, region? Or is everywhere around us? And if, if it's a special feature of our region, why is that? Caves are usually dependent on having limestone. Okay, They usually form in carbonate rocks, which is largely limestone. And so you gotta be in an area that has limestone. So the valleys are pretty much underlain by limestone. Florida's got a lot of limestone. Kentucky has a lot of limestone. Um, so that's really what dictates most of it. Amazing. Cool, so like, uh, so what, what's the likelihood that um, my class in the foreseeable, you know, two and a half years I have left here, it'll get canceled on account of sinkholes? <laughs> what building are we talking about? Um, there's a chance. You say there's so, a chance. So, the, <laughs> so should I be thankful that most of my classes are in Forbes, or should I try to change my major to somewhere more sinkholy? Memorial Hall, that would be a good one. Oh, geez. That's what high school wow. kids went there. Kids went there. <laughs> yeah, so the East Campus is definitely more prone. 
then yeah, you heard it. You heard it. <laughs> oh, geez, that's terrifying. Why? Why? Do you really want me to go there? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't ever come here. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the more questions we will have. Um, East Campus sits on top of a formation called the Beekmantown Formation, which is largely limestone and some other things like dull stone and things that are. Are, are associated with that. But let's put it this way, when they were building the bioscience building, they put a footer for the building into an underground cave, and they had to bring in something like 35 truckloads of fill to fill in the underground cavern before they were able to build the building. Wow. So, are you kidding me? How big was the cave? Like, obviously like 35 truckloads 35 were. truckloads were. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, was, was it pretty, or was it just like, you know, any mole men? <laughs> subterranean human species. Yeah, what's, what's under there? Okay. That's a real story. I, I think Jimmy Hoffa's down there. Uh, that's that's that explains a lot. So it looks like uh, that was uh, quite a bunch of news for everybody. Uh, yeah. Right? Watch where you snap. Go Dukes. Go Dukes. The jam you sinkhole. Which brings us to the next game, which is uh, Rock News. Geology in the news. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, we're gonna have uh, the comedians uh, try to explain to us what some of the things have appeared in the media lately. Oh, so uh, one of the uh, <laughs> headlines that was out so there. It's, it's going to be there. Okay. Yeah. So the game is about we're gonna read part of the headline and you have to complete that headline. Mm, okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. so Born ready. Here is the, team. the first headline. It appeared on the New York Times on April 12, 2015, and it says, "As quakes rattle Oklahoma, fingers point to blank." Um. Kentucky. Fingers point to um, offshore drilling. No, Oklahoma's landlocked. <laughs> limestone. limestone. Yeah, li limestone. limestone. Lock in limestone. We'll in that yeah. Expert, is that possible in Oklahoma? Limestone? No, what, he said Kentucky has a lot of limestone. Yeah. Which that. is irrelevant because you said Kentucky as a joke, and I'm not realizing. That doesn't, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's Oklahoma. We're worried about Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. Because of earthquakes. Earthquakes. They they farm. There's a lot of corn in Oklahoma. Okay. Maybe farming. Uh, Aggressive farming. Maybe I don't know. He he looked kind of happy. Well, when he said wait, where's the line between farming and aggressive farming? Yeah, yeah, is he yeah, just yeah. is he just milking the cow harder? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, the hoe just goes. <laughs> just going yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd say limestone is a good one. I'll I'll agree. Mm -hmm. Limestone. limestone. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna read the the, the headline for you. As quakes rattle Oklahoma, fingers point to oil and gas. Industry. Oh. Oh, no, oh. offshore drilling wasn't oh. that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Stick to my gut. So what's happening there? Uh, uh, fracking, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah fracking. fracking. Yeah, destroying our natural, beautiful resources that make America great. Yeah, Mother Gaia. Mm. America. 
I wish no. No. Well, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if I wish. I don't know if I wish. <laughs> Any anyone from Oklahoma in the house? Yeah, just make sure. Yeah, that's. Yeah, just okay. Thought so. Well, yeah, I don't want to go. Uh, let me read a little bit about the news, yeah. and then uh, we'll yeah. the experts sort of comment on it. It says at a packed down hall meeting days later, Mr. Cooper said, "I don't know who Mr. Cooper is." <laughs> State officials <laughs> called the shocks, uh, including a 5.7 tremor wow. that was Oklahoma's largest ever, an act of nature and it was nobody's fault, but many scientists disagree. They say that those quakes and thousands of others before and since are mainly the work of humans caused by wells used to bury vast amounts of wastewater from oil and gas exploration in the earth near fault zones. Wow. So, uh, do you have questions or would you yeah, like, like to comment on it? Yeah, how are, they, how are they linking that? Like what's the, what's the correlation? So there are a lot of deep-seated faults in Oklahoma that have been there for a long time, okay? Just like there are around here. But what's happening- People are not nice. Is, <laughs> is when, when you inject a lot of material underground, uh -huh. you basically, you force things to expand and they're gonna find weaknesses that are there. And so they're pretty sure that a significant number of those recent quakes are due to Injection. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, like, so, like, uh, it's pretty much commonly agreed by uh, learned science folks that uh, humans have directly <laughs> affected like, global climate change and you know global warming, cooling, et cetera, et cetera. So, is there a future that where we see that excessive drilling will lead to like human-caused global seismic change? There seems to be an upper threshold oh, um, on how big these things are going to get, and there aren't very many of them that have gotten up into the magnitude 5 range. Uh -huh. uh, most of them are pretty darn small, and so the chances of that producing a really large catastrophic earthquake are pretty small. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty unlikely, especially in Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. And if the fracking is happening, happening in California, oh, would geez. trigger a bigger one? <laughs> There was a, I'm showing my age, there was a James Bond movie many years ago <laughs> called View to a Kill. And the whole point of the movie was he was going to drain a reservoir located right above the San Andreas Fault to lubricate the fault to cause the big one to happen. Oh, um, sounds, course, sounds like science to me. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the that. Christopher Walken, too, you know, so it might happen. Well, it's a great plan then. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, trigger the fault. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that was my walk in there. Ricky, just try a new one. All right, let's right, do it. So, uh, here's a, deadline, uh, a headline <laughs> from Voice of America a few years ago New Pakistan Island, blank. <laughs> new Pakistan Island, mm -hmm. blank, blank. Oh, jeez. Erupts. Sunk. Sunk. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, yeah, sunk, sunk, sunk. They nailed it, yes. The, the headline is New Pakistan Island Disappearing. Wow. Oh, jeez. Oh. Wait, imme immediate question, was it inhabited? That's great. So uh, let me read a little bit about yeah, the yeah, news, yeah. and then we're going to you know, ask the yeah. experts to <laughs> told us a few minutes ago about the time scale in which things like this might happen and why, right? Uh, what do you think is related to, by the way? Any guess? Um, gonna have. Why would a, a little a new a new island you did nothing wrong? <laughs> it was innocent. It was <laughs> innocent. It's a stand trial. <laughs> Why would a new island disappear? Um, 
big oil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why was it a new island in the first place? Oh, earthquakes maybe. Uh, tectonic. Or, no, no, tectonic. No. Is it similar to? I I don't know here, but uh, is it similar to tectonic plates uh, when they make mountains? How the mountains come up? So is it like that, but underwater, and then the mountain just kind of sorry sorry becomes a uh, becomes an island, and so maybe since it went down, were the tectonic plates? Spreading apart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this happened about 400 kilometers inland, uh, 400 kilometers from after a, a massive earthquake. So researchers in Pakistan are confirming visible changes in the size of a new island that suddenly appeared in the Arabian Sea off the country's southwest coast after a September 24 earthquake. So that was in uh, 2013, right? And uh, soon after, it was disappeared. Why, why is the island disappearing? A biologist in the area, I'll tell you the name, but it's in a different language, <clears throat> uh, working in, uh, for the Worldwide Fund uh, with uh, Pakistani uh, scientists, said that the surface of the island is mostly muddy and its crust is covered with large rocks and stones. Ew. That says a lot, rocks and stones. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> Adding that muddy areas of the island are facing rapid erosion and the whole thing is likely to vanish within a year. But we have an expert on rocks and stones. Any, if you have any idea, that would illuminate us even you know, a bit more on you know, what's happening there. Have you ever heard about this phenomenon? I have not. But wow. I can uh, wax poetic on it, I suppose. <laughs> um, sure, I mean, if it was pushed up by some sort of a fault that basically pushed material up to the surface, and if the material is not rock, but it's actually just mud and sand and stones, right? Um, Diamonds. Then wave action, right? I mean, given enough time, we'll probably just wash that stuff back down. So it's, it's one year enough time? <clears throat> It depends on how big the island is. Yeah, I mean, if that's, I mean, right? We all believe the news. That's what the news says. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the news like following up to this, because like this is not all suddenly, right? Yeah. Like, suddenly is relative to like geologic times, but it's like. Well, of course, like for an astronomer, hundred thousand years, it's sudden for how mm -hmm. fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like the article before, it's like a this island is sinking. Collapse on the gravity form a star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so there's probably like some like poor, not poor, but like a poor millionaire somewhere that just bought this like brand new island <laughs> in the Mediterranean, and then just like it's like ah the cliff. Uh, how's that, how's the development looking? It's like ah dude, your island's gone. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just gone. <laughs> Waves or something. I don't know. Gotta <laughs> find a geologist. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 um, could like, uh, so like, you know how like some islands like Hawaii, like they keep expanding every year because of volcanic growth. What are the odds that like a new volcanic island pops up within our lifetime? Like a, a sizable one where I could like build a house, you know, two bedroom, three bath, <laughs> start a life, <laughs> start a life, <laughs> just know. get away from it in, in a good school district, just, you know, <laughs> the whole thing. So there are several geology students here in the audience. Raise your hands. Any of them can tell you, right, there is a new Hawaiian island forming. Ooh. It's only 500 feet below the surface right now. Oh. It's already got a name. It's oh. called Loihi. And probably not in your lifetime, but it's coming. Uh, I was hoping it'd well, be called like Island Oluki there. Yeah, you know, hey, I think if we plaster enough names around, if it's not even going to be in our lifetime, chances are my name could still be 
the name. The, the, Ch- the Chen <laughs> Islands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just beca- become the mayor of Hawaii and just be like, uh, like sneak it the, in with like a new tax. I'm going to hold there. I know this is a science thing, but the mayor of Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Governor. Governor. <laughs> Senator? Which one? Go- 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 Governor. Governor. We'll, be we'll be back next week for the uh, political uh, version. Yeah. We're going to have Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's terrifying. You should take notes. Yeah. We have a third one. So, uh, headline sounds like this. The drought has created blank in the Grand Canyon. Drought has created blank in the Grand Canyon. Ooh. Not water. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> we can, wait, we wait. Can. Just if we're eliminating all things. That would be news, though. That would be news. Wait, wait, all right. So <laughs> when, when water evaporates, it creates water vapor. So the drought creates water vapor? Question mark? I'm throwing it out there. I don't know. I'm getting. Pin, uh, put a pin in it. Come back to it. Oh, yeah, we'll put a pin. We'll put a pin. No bad ideas and brainstorming. It's, yeah. um, uh, oh. What do droughts create? Feral coyote? They're yeah, all- yeah, yeah. Thirsty animals. Real thirsty. Hey, you are so close. You have no idea. With the water vapor? If all the students would. Think like this in exam, they would all have, you know, at least twenty percent of their questions. Jeez. So, yeah, you can't, uh, all right. Kids, don't, don't, don't study and just be funny. Just pour everything into being funny. You'll get at least a twenty percent on your test. Which is, you know, something. Still failing, you know. <laughs> something. But you earned that twenty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so if it creates water, ooh, maybe like gas bubbles. Gas, gas, like bubbles. Yeah, like, yeah, like I mean, like the Grand Canyon's like really deep. So if like water evaporates, clouds, clouds in the Grand Canyon because the water evaporates oh. and it rains. Is it clouds? Clouds. Yeah, mini ecosystem in Grand Canyon. Any guess? What? Okay. <laughs> Any, any guess? Batman. Uh, it so is. This was on Outside Magazine on February 10, 2016. The drought has caused new gnarly rapids in the Grand Canyon. Ah, rapids. Rapids. Because uh, the water. Less water, it's bumpier. Because, like, the water. Uh, the, oh, well, I'll let the expert explain. We'll, we'll ask the mayor. The mayor of the Grand Canyon. We'll ask the mayor of the Grand Canyon. So, the. The lower half of the Grand Canyon is actually really interesting. It's where some of the really nasty rapids were initially when um, Powell first went down the Grand Canyon in 1869 or 70 or something like that. But then they built Hoover Dam in the 1930s and Lake Mead formed behind Hoover Dam and it flooded the lower part of the Grand Canyon. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the rapids that were down there are not rapids anymore. They're actually just an extension of a big lake. So if you have a major drought and the lake level goes down, you start to re-expose some of the rapids that used to be there in the Grand Canyon. And they, they were some of the biggest ones. So are we, are we talking like you said nasty rapids? Are we talking like, like nasty? Like it's gonna be like awesome to go down, or like nasty? Like don't even try it, dude. Yeah. Come to your house, beat you up. <laughs> Where, where's my Where's my lunch money? <laughs> There's a lot of great stories about the Grand Canyon and people that like bailed out from the first times going down that left the canyon because they the rapids were so bad they didn't think they were gonna make wow. it alive, and then they left the canyon. And, 
got murdered by people. But anyway. Oh, um, oh wow. That's uh, great. Other the, that. the Revenant 2 Grand Canyon. <laughs> that's just really hot. But I have, so I have some colleagues that have gone down some of the rapids and have done things like gotten their boat stuck on top of the rocks so that they like came over the top and the boat just sat there. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. So. They ate each other. <laughs> Rations ran out after the third moon. It's the day. They weren't even hungry. They were just bored. You know when you eat when you're bored? <laughs> it's only because of the rapids in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Yes. I can't read Next my cue cards. Line is the Jordan acronym game. All right. Because, you know, scientists... Use many abbreviations, Chocolate. technical terms, and I'm gonna give you a quote for my geologist. Think, Sterling. You know him? No. Yeah. He's not that famous, but <laughs> his, uh, his quote sounds like this. When I started my geology studies in 1962, so maybe that's the quote, okay. <laughs> He's old. Above, the level of minerals and fossils was absolutely nonsense. The poor teachers did not understand what they were lecturing, but hid their ignorance behind an enormous terminology. All this changed with the theory of plate tectonics, though. Would that make any sense? Theory. <laughs> I'm not sure everything they said was nonsense, but yeah, the, uh, they, the, the unifying theory of the Earth was uh, in its infancy at that point. So, so we're going to start with having uh, the comedians Elaborate on you know what are these tectonics? Yeah. All right. Um, tectonic plates. So you just want us to talk about tectonic plates, or? I said tectonics. What is tectonics? Okay. Um, tectonic. Yeah. No, they're based off um, a little kids toy uh, invented in the 1940s uh, during the wartime effort. Uh, tectonics were these like spring-like contraptions, and you would just throw them downstairs, and um, they wouldn't like. Walk down, but they would, uh, they definitely reached the bottom. Yeah, no, they weren't successful. Good answer. Mm -hmm. Is that real? Yeah, no. There's a kid's, a wartime yeah, yeah, kid's yeah, toy yeah. named Tectonics. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Uh, yeah, uh, and, then, and then we derived a whole theory of uh, unifying the earth and off of that. Yeah, no, it's like, it's like really just, the, just the next logical step. <laughs> yeah, you know? oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, what do we do with this Tectonics? Einstein was inspired by this <laughs> slinky. Uh, no, um, uh, no, it's interesting, like, because uh, I'm blanking on the name, like, the geology kids will know, but, like, the guy that proposed the unifying tectonic theory, like, hey, like, the earth is moving. Uh, the sad thing is, like, most of these guys that do these, like, revolutionary things, like, no one believes them and everyone laughs at them, and then, like, after, as soon as they croak, and they're like, oh, wait, he had it. Yeah, but he was the worst I told you so. Or, I, yeah. No one. But he, but he smelled weird. <laughs> He's yeah, just yeah. getting in your face. Uh, so no. Let's get our uh, expert to tell us about tectonics. <laughs> yeah, we're close, though. <laughs> you were close. Yeah. You were close. And, and the guy you're thinking of is Bagner, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alfred. Alfred. W. And you're right, he did croak before he got any credit. Yep. <laughs> so. Poor Seth. Actually, he froze to death in Greenland. But anyway. Oh! Oh, what's good, man? Yeah, God. Um, yeah so tectonics is the, the theory of the large-scale movement of the Earth's surface, effectively. Terrifying. The Earth's crust. Wow. So, so here's another acronym for you. MOHO. MOHO. MOHO? Oh, man. 
I know this. Um, <laughs> it was on Final Jeopardy last night. I believe that's a movement of uh, hard objects. Hard objects. Uh, yeah. <laughs> movement. It's pretty good on the spur of the moment. It's wrong, but it's pretty good. <laughs> but possibly technically right if we're talking about the movement of tectonic plates, which is a movement of. A hard, generally harder object, yeah. I, I, this is objective science by the definition of object. Uh, tectonic plates, sure. May, moho, maybe uh, massive, orogenic, <laughs> hydro oscillator. <laughs> they get what it. If, what if we told you? What if we told you this was an abbreviation? Ah. Uh. Uh. Moho. Uh, I, I, just, I just know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know what it stands for. No. But what is it? Uh, it's the um, the place between the uh, crust and uh, or no no the upper mantle or something like that. That's like a velocity difference with like the seismic waves that goes through. All right. Wow. And final answer. That's uh, it. <laughs> That's it. So, so the moho is the boundary between the crust and the mantle. Right. Right. Where you, where you see a distinct change in seismic velocity as seismic waves go through the Earth's crust. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I got by. There you go. So it's it is a uh, it's in a it's not an acronym, right? It's an abbreviation because it's named after the guy that discovered it, whose name is Mohoro Vichik. Uh, it was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a train. <laughs> I'll have a Mohoro Vichik. Where's he from? I think the, uh, he's, he's Croatian, I think. Oh, wow. wow. Next one, ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, ready. Orogeny. Ah, ha-ha, I've been uh, shooting this one out all night. Orogeny, <laughs> mountain oh, genesis. Wow. The birth of the mountains, how mountains are made. Final answer, all the marbles. Deal. Anything to add? Nope, that's pretty good. Yeah! Down. <laughs> if you taped the three of us together, we could probably pass one of your tests. All right. <laughs> Let's try the, the three of you together on the next one. <laughs> Pseudotacolite. Pseudotacolite. Pseudotacolite? Pseudotacolite. All right. Um, so like a um, gun in like modern warfare, Call of Duty, <laughs> DLC. Um, uh, Pseudotacolite. So not real tacolite. Yeah, it's, it's not like, real tacolite. It's not real. It's like, Fake tacolite. It's like, uh, it's like also kind known of as faux tacolite. Like Chinatown tacolite. Like Chinatown tacolite. Like Chinatown purses. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> um, tacolite. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, 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 okay. Um, does, like, probably, like, water messes with it. Yeah? Why? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Ite? That ite? No, but, like, ending. stalactites. Maybe it's like a cave thing, <laughs> but pseudo, pseudo. Yeah. So, um, no. so in the pseudo cave, meaning touch something we could okay. touch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so not touch. It's like an abstract touching thing. <laughs> something we can't touch. It's uh. something that you fake can not touch. <laughs> oh, it's like the emperor's clothes kind of thing. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just along. I see it. <laughs> there, there were moments in there where you were almost sort of in the vicinity, but not quite. Well, we went a we lot were, of we were, we were pseudo <laughs> in the vicinity. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> any hints. hints. So. Or just the explanation, if whatever you feel we'll, like. We'll take one hint. Oh, they want. They want to. All right. Yeah. So one hint okay. is that tacolite is an old name for a type of volcanic material. Uh, pumice stones. I use those for my face. <laughs> oh yeah, I can tell. Yeah, that's good. Um, magma. Magma. So not ma so water. pseudo magma, or it could be pseudo. Yeah, lava. no, this pseudo thing is real. Well, isn't isn't um, um, magma and lava and ash are all different phases of a similar thing? So maybe it's pseudo tactite, meaning lava, <laughs> but it's actually talking about magma. All right, magma seems nice. I just said a bunch of science words. Yeah, I think what, that's what just, that quote you were talking as, about? As just good like as that good wall of terminology. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we're hitting it. We're just going to word vomit every science term we know. Let, let's, let's go with magma. We'll go with magma. Magma. Deal. So that's not too far away. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, partially. Happy with that. So can we think of materials produced by a volcanic eruption, one of those materials is a volcanic glass, okay, which is called obsidian. And pseudotacolite is a glass formed by a fault. So it is basically melted rock that forms a fault glass. And so it's pseudo because it's not really volcanic, but it has similar characters. So it's technically not obsidian. That's right. But, but it is glass, it is just glass. like obsidian is a form of glass. Interesting. That's so cool. Okay. Hot fall. Right. Should I buy that? Another one for you guys? You could. Oh, yeah, we're ready. You can buy anything. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah you know that. Oh. of pseudo <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Devonian shales. Devonian shales. Oh, that's shales. like, that's like uh, Tolkien. <laughs> That's Tolkien. Um, that was like yeah. the Salarian armor uh, <laughs> before the Hobbit and like before like that stuff. But wow, yeah. Devonian. I think I feel like Devonian is like a time period. Like it sounds like kind of dinosaury. Yeah, no, no, I like, think that's... It sounds like... Yeah, and you said shale, not scale. Shales. Shales. Okay, that's a type of rock. Yeah, shale. So, old rock. Drag, uh, not dragons, dinosaur rock. Dinosaur rock. Dinosaur old rock. Devonian. Yes. <laughs> that's, yeah, you know, that's probably one of the best answers you guys have given, actually. Oh, look at that. It's pre-dinosaur, but it's, uh, it's a time period, about 400 million years ago. Um, and a shale is a type of mudstone, some mud rock. Great, cool, awesome. So old. And there are some upper and lower Devonian shales, and they're around here in Virginia. You want to talk? talk yeah. About so, them? so if you go into the center of the Massanutten mountain range, okay. So if you go to where the ski area is, and then go down in the bowl in the bottom of it, the bottom of that whole area are underlain by Devonian shales. Cool. Um, and then if you were to go out through West Virginia, they're all over the place out there. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, so why is upper and lower? Just that's, really that, that's, that's just the, that's a, a, a subdivision of the Devonian. So there's the upper Devonian. Why are important? Why, why do we need to, to call them upper and lower? And why yeah. is the yeah, middle why? Devonian disappearing? <laughs> <laughs> the top 1% of the Devonian is taking not more than 90% of all the mud shales. <laughs> <laughs> 
Process that is used in trying to figure out how okay. they are. Um, it's not part of the acronym, but it's part of the process. Right. Uh -huh. Most rocks over 40 million don't get their yearly shrimp tests. <laughs> Does Jan, you have a shrimp around? Uh, unfortunately, shrimps are like one and a half million bucks a piece, so we, we don't have one of those guys lying around, unfortunately. But any, any geologist would love to have a shrimp. Would love to have a shrimp, yes. Like, so, so if we take a collection, maybe after <laughs> Pass a hat around. Well, so like, what would you do for a shrimp? Yeah. Like, 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 dude, we're like, the shrimp board, and we're feeling generous. Yeah, we're but, feeling generous. Uh, you know, so. we want a good reason. Tell us right now why you need a shrimp for your research. Sure. So, <laughs> one, of, one of the so an ongoing question in let's say eastern North America okay. is once you get in the mid Atlantic, once you get east of the Blue Ridge, most of the rocks did not start in North America. They came from somewhere else. They came from Africa, they came from South America, but we don't know exactly where they came from before it all collided to create the Appalachian Mountains. Mm -hmm. So one of the things people are doing with 
shrimp analysis now is they're analyzing zircons and other sorts of minerals in these rocks to figure out where these, what we call them terrains, but where these pieces of rock originally came from. And that then helps us sort of reconstruct where all the continents were in the past and things like that. Is this a, uh, is this a quick process or is it, does it take? Yeah, well, I mean, the analysis is quick, but it takes a while. You have to collect your sample. You have to go out in the field, right? So right. you have to field work and collect your sample. Then you have to isolate and get the minerals out of the sample, which means you have to use lots of nasty heavy liquids and things like that right. to dissolve the rocks away and get the minerals out. And then you got to take them to somebody who's got this really expensive piece of equipment, run it through that. So it takes a little while. Hmm. Well, that was a good answer. So check your mailbox tomorrow. <laughs> um, what would be like the best place to live in like the next 10,000 years? <laughs> for, for what? Um, my my like, cousin's looking for a house. Yeah, and... but like he doesn't want, he wants all seasons. He wants all seasons <laughs> and you know. <laughs> Well, some place that won't like vanish. Yeah, yeah. The, like the nicest place to be in the next ten thousand years that won't, you know, become a volcano or, or the, mo the most stable. <laughs> like as of right now, what is the most stable, safe for humanity mm -hmm. place on Earth? Mm -hmm. You're One of ten thousand. In ten. Years. Yeah, yeah. 10, right, years. right. So, right. all right. So, what's going to happen in ten thousand years? Um, California is still going to have earthquakes. Alaska is still going to have earthquakes. Um, the volcanoes are still going to go off where they're going off on the margins, and sea levels probably going to rise. So you don't want to be on the coast. You don't want to be in California or Alaska. But if you buy property, maybe in Charlottesville, you might end up with beachfront property sooner or later. You know, so it's not a bad place to be. It's a passive margin. Not much happens, uh -huh. right? Uh, how much of your research can like affect the real estate market? Can you just be like, oh yeah, no, I did a paper over there and you don't want to live on any of that like Trust me, you don't and then you buy it all and then you flip it you don't want a science building there it'll sink yeah. you, you probably need a shrimp to yeah yeah, yeah. answers like that yeah be, be careful of sinkholes mm. just a warning blanket mm -hmm. warning warning so um i think we're ready to go to the next game and that's because there's almost always a human behind all that beautiful science. That we <laughs> almost. We know about. you're out there. Except so the, the robot next, science. The next as game, we we'll try to reveal a little bit about the, uh, you know, the, the human behind this. The, the geologist. The geologist. Like, there he is. So, uh, <laughs> oh. Um, in preparation for this, we gave the comedians two sets of three facts about the cast. So that's gonna help us understand what it takes to become a geologist as well. Uh, so uh, uh, two of these facts are real. One is a lie that we came up with. And the comedians will help us find which one is the lie. Well, Round eight. All right. Read them. All right. Um, uh, all right. So before delving into an academic career in geology, Steve worked as a manager in a supermarket for not more and not less than 10 years. Jeez. Mm. Huh? On the dot. On, not <laughs> more, not less. <laughs> On the dot. To the, you can check the time clock mm. in a <laughs> second. Clocked in. Um, Steve grew up with a very musical family and as a consequence has always been musical. Hard rock musical. He played in numerous six to ten bands during his life earlier years, and some of the most notorious and successful were named Mr. Creosote. 
Famous character from Monty Python? Exactly. Yeah. Comedians don't know about Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> where he played guitar and Skunk, where he was at the drums. Wow. All right, so for this one, I got Steve traveled a lot and for long periods of time in Argentina as part of the research needed for his PhD thesis. He became very familiar with the culture and made many Argentinian friends, and he was often and he often was considered to be a local. Nevertheless, his gringo manners were still pretty obvious, especially for the people working on the local TV station. And because of that, he was often invited. Yes, not to talk about his latest geological discoveries, but to present in gringo some of the news referring to farming. Oh, oh goodness. Mm -hmm. Two truths. Um, I think uh, I would vote that the one I read about the supermarket is probably a lie, simply on the fact that the other ones are just so rich in detail. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 I, and I want to believe the other ones. And, and, and this one is uh, it's, it's, it's just quick. Mm -hmm. and it might be true, but it's, uh, it's quick. So that's, that's my logic. But, and, I mean, I'd like to hear other. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm firmly swayed by Alex. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> I used to be in the camp that they're all lies, but I am now in the Alex's is the lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so that's the expert. the expert. Which one is the lie? So the first one is true. Oh. Ah. The second one is true. Oh. Skunk oh. and Mr. How do you say his name? Mr. Creosote. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's the guy that explodes, right? In Bonnie Python's Meeting of Life, right? He goes into the restaurant. Oh! Bring a bucket for the monsieur. Yeah, that's a funny scene. And then, yeah, he explodes. So, perfect name for me. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and the third one is was true about. To halfway about halfway through, <laughs> and then it just went off the rails. <laughs> the whole gringo thing, yeah, I don't think they would have wanted me on the TV station no matter what I said. Okay. <laughs> that's cool though, Argentina's a... Yeah, what brought you to Argentina? That's, that's where I did my PhD research. Uh -huh. So I went down and, and worked in an area called the Sierras Pampianas, which were the foothills to the Andes. So they were low mountains by Argentinian standards. They're only like nine or 10,000 feet high. Mm -hmm. oh so how does uh, the things you learned about the Argentinian ground apply to what you're doing now with the JMU students? So, yeah, I, mean, I don't have students currently working down in that area, but what was really neat about um, that area of Argentina is the western coast of South America is a subduction zone, uh, which means that the Pacific plate is going underneath the South American plate, and it goes underneath it far enough that it pushes up some of the basement rocks sort of in that central area of Argentina and it allowed us to see um, a lot of faults and fault processes in that part of the world that we really couldn't see a lot of other places because it wasn't exposed. A lot of the problem with geology is a lot of the stuff you want to see just isn't there to be seen. It isn't exposed. So you have to find places where like deep crustal stuff has been pushed up to the surface. So do you go like spelunking? Um, spelunking. I, we have people in the department that do. I'm yeah. not a big spelunking fan myself. Because you I, realize that's the greatest terror is dying in a cave. <laughs> yeah. Lost. Exactly. <laughs> I was passion. Rock, but not, not spelunking is my uh -huh. 
I think the whole claustrophobic thing. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I agree. <laughs> I saw like a Planet Earth thing where like these like cave divers like they, just these massive like lakes and they just go into the lakes and it's just. Yeah, dude, divers is like one letter away from dyers. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't oh, do no. that, dude. <laughs> God. So wait, we also know that you're pretty invested in bringing geology to the public, like you know things, things that you have gotten to see or study, search for in Argentina. How would say students at GMU be able to reach that or, right? And yeah, so. A lot of a lot of what I'm doing now is baking, basically taking information from all over the place and sort of building models for how a lot of the stuff in the Earth operates. So um, students go out in the field with me around here to study a lot of the geology and to map the geology, and then we take that information and we use it to build larger models of, say, this mountain belt, which we can then correlate with mountain belts in Argentina and mountain belts in in, in Europe and and places like that. And what's really neat is once you start doing this and you start thinking about how these plates used to be oriented in the past, so you get to the really largest scale, and a lot of these old mountain belts actually link up. So some of the stuff I studied in Argentina, you can actually trace the same mountain belt into um, Antarctica, and it goes all the way across Antarctica, and it goes up into Australia, and it's effectively the same mountain belt. Wow. So it goes up, because once upon a time, about 250 million years ago, they were all connected. Mm-hmm. And so if you start getting all that information and start rebuilding the model, all this stuff starts to come together. And what's really cool with students is you show them something like that and they're like, hey, that's pretty cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I was hinting on, maybe you, I was thinking you might want to tell us about how, you know, geologists nowadays uh, put together large amounts of data from Google Maps and how, you know, you, what kind of information you actually extract. Google Mountain View. Yeah, so, so one of the other things that's been going on in geology over the past 10 years is like a lot of different sciences, there are these new investigative methods that are collecting huge amounts of data. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is called EarthScope, and EarthScope effectively has started in the West Coast and moved all the way across to the East Coast, and it collected a lot of subsurface data. So it collected data about the rocks underneath the surface that we can't directly see. And like a lot of other sciences, we're developing more and more methods, uh, computer-based methods and others, to basically analyze this data and then put it in a format that people can understand. And so a lot of what I do now is I use Google Earth and other sorts of virtual globes, which allow you to pretty much see anything on the globe at any point. put this data in that, and that's a way that people can visualize it sort of in a three-dimensional sense. So um, it's a way to bring a lot of information and put it in students' hands and the hands of the general public pretty easily. And so like, with more understanding that we're coming like, from our planet, um, how much of, I guess, like geology as a whole can be applied to the study of other planets? Um, like, like what, yeah, what can we find out from Mars like, once we start putting people on there in terms of like, geology? Or what do you expect we, to or hope to or whatever? This is in the room. <laughs> I, I was just saying that like, if I'm studying galaxies, because I know so much about the planets, uh, <laughs> we learn a lot from uh, studying <laughs> the Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then uh, we apply these models to what we see on the surface of Mars. And uh, you know, based on differences or similarities, uh, we definitely get some information about how that planet formed or whether that formation process was different from ours and you know, why a planet has atmosphere or the other doesn't mm-hmm. and you know what what are the you know, the characteristics that 
or the, the evolution processes that turn into specific characteristics. Mm. Of course, we do learn a lot. And, right. and the more we know about our own planet, um, the better we're going to be able to constrain the models about the other planets, including the extrasolar planets, the ones around some other stars. So then. But Mars is really cool, because Mars has features that very clearly used to be some sort of liquid on the surface. Mm -hmm. um, there are layered rocks that probably almost for sure mean there was some sort of a water environment at some point. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's a lot of very cool stuff on Mars. Mm -hmm. uh, does Mars have a living core like our planet? Living, hot, you know, active? You mean, yeah, it's, the tectonic plates don't happen anymore, right? Because the planet um, cooled down much faster than ours, actually. Ours is um, still warm, that's why we have the I, I don't want to steal it away from the. Round B. Round B. Round B. There's so many <coughs> quirky truths about our experience. <laughs> All right. To truths and a lie. Steve is so passionate about geology that he recently published an article at the American Geophysical Union advocating crowdsourcing to turn ordinary citizens into authentic geologists. Contrary to what you would expect from a bona fide geologist, if you ask Steve his favorite cartoon growing up, he will say the Jetsons instead of the Flintstones. Right. Wow. Traitorous. <laughs> While a student at the University of New Hampshire as an English major, Steve managed to pass the first year with a precise and amazingly hard to put together GPA of 0 0.6. Mm. 0. 0.6. <laughs> um, I don't if he was in a band, he could have been an English major. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of believe that one. Mm, let's see. I, I think the, the the meat of it is in that number that reflects the GPA. Yeah, 0. 0.6, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man. Uh, let's see, the Jetsons instead of the Flintstones. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like you had like a falling out with like the future or anything. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a Tom and Jerry kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. That's I, just, I, I, I believe. <laughs> they drive me crazy too. We'll talk after. Um, uh, I I believe I believe mine that he's uh, published an article advocating. Yeah, because kind of like crowdsourcing science is like a like they have like things where like people like yeah. map stars. Yeah, and, like, yeah. I think that's. Galaxies. Galaxies. <laughs> Not stars. God forbid stars. I think. Uh, I, I think. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say that mine. I'm gonna say mine's a lock. I think this one. I think that one's a lock. This too. one okay. is good. Okay. Um, I would. Man, they're tough. I think. I think it's this one. You think it's a lie? Yeah, yeah, I was I was ready to believe that he was some gringo Latin American star and <laughs> I mean I can I can believe this. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I think this is a lie. I just think that this is I'm going with Because this is something look, we find out he, point six? That's point that's effort. That's I'm, effort. I'm, and I'm, and what I'm saying is like you know, we find yeah, out yeah, yeah, <laughs> we find out <laughs> that our expert that effort. effort. We find out that our professor in geology here got a point six. That's a fact. That's you know. That's holy moly. That's that's cool. <laughs> we we find it. You know, there's hope for any of us. We find out <laughs> that he likes the Jetsons more than the Flintstones. 
<laughs> you know, it's, you know it's, it's a thing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know, it's something I didn't know about him ten minutes ago. But uh, you know, I, I agree. I think I think the cartoon one is a lie. Okay. All right. Okay. All then. Right. All right. Well, I'm still sticking with mine. It's number three point six. Oh, you think it's number three? Yeah. I think oh, okay. Right. I, all right. Okay. So. What was the first one? I don't even remember the first one. Uh, well, it might have been the first one. Um, uh, that you recently published an article in the American Geophysical Union advocating crowdsourcing. Yeah, definitely. That's true. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah de- no, definitely there's, lie. There's, there is a, there's a, a real future in that, I think, about crowdsourcing large amounts of data. And we talked about big data a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, students, even novice geoscience students, can collect field data, and you get enough of it. And... Mm. You can do a lot with it. So that, that's definitely true. Um, yeah, Jetsons versus Flintstones. You know, um, it's, it's pretty hard to argue with Bam Bam and Pebbles, you know. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely would not go with the Jetsons on that one. Really? Yeah. Tell us about the third one. Now, the so 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 the real challenge in the third one you have to understand is you can't just not go to any classes because then your GPA would be 0.0. Yeah. So the challenge is figuring out how to get 0.6. It's very right? impressive. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, my, my, my first attempt at college was less than successful, shall we say. But more than zero. Do, do you sometimes say zero? And it was after that that I went back and became a supermarket manager and kind of started to realize, all right, you know, Maybe before I'm 30 years old, I ought to sort of get a little bit of responsibility in my life. And, uh, wow. So, yeah. so like, did you have like a sort of like an Isaac Newton moment where like a rock fell from the sky? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! Wait! Oh! <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> yeah, a sinkhole just take your car and you're like, like a Batman vendetta. Never again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use a shrimp and I'm going to know where to park. <laughs> I know what shrimp is. <laughs> what actually happened, I like the stories, but what actually happened um, was I, I started doing a lot of uh, mountaineering, rock climbing, and things like that. And I kind of started thinking, you know, I was getting to be. 29, something like that. And if I was ever going to go back to school, I needed to go back to school. And it certainly was not going to be in English, nothing against English majors. Um, uh, but clearly, I was not very successful with that approach, right? So I had to try something else. And so I decided I'd go back um, and study geology because I was, I was climbing on rocks and things like that all the time. And so I took a couple of classes through continuing education and did okay in those. And so then I basically said I wanted to be a geology major. And the only thing I can figure out, so this University of New Hampshire, is they must have been really hurting for geology majors, right? Because they accepted me as a geology major, and I asked a couple years later, um, one of the professors there, I said, why would you accept somebody that had like a 0.6 GPA? And he didn't say we were really hurting, although they probably were. Um, he basically said, you know, after you've had a little bit of life experience, you sort of learn a little bit. and. The really cool thing about UNH is they had a policy where, uh, because I'd gone to UNH to get the 0.6 and then went back to UNH, if I retook every single, this is like five years later, if I retook every single one of those classes I never completed, they would completely, it was a repeat and forgive policy, but there was no limit. So I could like go back and 
you know, retake six courses or whatever. Um, so I ended up doing just fine, and there were still two Fs on my final transcript. That'd be, the reason I couldn't retake those is they actually didn't teach the dumb courses anymore. <laughs> what were they? What were they? Like swimming um, and... No, well, one, one was entomology. Right? Study of bugs. Study of bugs. <laughs> Why wouldn't they want to teach that anymore? All right, anyway. They're gross. Why did I want to take it? Anyway. Um, and then pre-tectonics. <laughs> and they were like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> real, guys. We can't teach it anymore. I don't remember what the other one was. Actually. Oh, God. <laughs> it's stick with me. That, that's really impressive. That's really cool. It just, you know, it took some time off and... Now, I, from your impressive introduction, I'd say you're one of the very most respected geologists, you know, in, in, town. in town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you're a pretty big deal, like in the geology world. You've been published. So, so, really there's another way to look at that, right? And yeah. that means anybody. Can yeah, be a exactly. Geologist. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. so great. Yeah. That's great. American dream. Professors, you wouldn't no, never find anything like this in your classroom, right? Yeah. Gotta appreciate programs like this. Yeah. So, so there's one other thing that, that 0.6 GPA ought to tell everybody that's a student out there, and that means that if you use an excuse for why you didn't do an assignment or did poorly on a test or the dog or the ferret ate your homework, not only have I heard it before, I've used it before. <laughs> and everyone gets one bathroom-related one. <laughs> Just one. <laughs> oh, God. Um, now, that's about all we have for today, folks. Uh, before we end, and it's going to be a really fresh committee end um, as well, we do want to give a chance to the audience to ask questions for the expert, if there is, if there are some. Why did you let Massanutten put the like a ski resort on top of that rock? Yeah, why did you okay What is that? wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> the nerd. Look at her. Look at her. She probably skied. I can see the tag on her, on her jacket. She was there. She was there. Whatever happened to her is on your hands. On your muddy, muddy, shrimpy hands. <laughs> so can I ask what's wrong with the ski resort? I don't think necessarily study the rock if the ski resort on top of all that ice and like layers of snow from years gone by. So how do you how do you do all this studying with all these people skiing on top of the <laughs> I actually I've been up there with uh, a couple of groups of students um, from some of the local elementary schools because the top of the ski area is a really really cool place to study uh, to see the area and to look at all the rocks of the area. And the ski area is actually there for a very good reason too, because it's a protected slope. The ski area goes down to North Slope, and right, anybody have a North Face jacket in here, right? <laughs> the reason that North Face is called North Face is because no in, the, in the Northern Hemisphere, North Facing slopes are the ones that preserve the most snow, because they get the least amount of sun. Uh, so if you're gonna put a, a ski resort geez. someplace in an area that doesn't have a lot of snow, the snow will last the longest on the north slope. Oh. So that's why they put it there. But there are some very cool rocks. <laughs> we have another question. 
Dr. Constantine, what was your GPA at the end of college? Let's look at your GPA guy. You all want to become astrophysicist? If I tell you what my GPA is, yeah, so I'm going to say yes. Everything is possible, right? <laughs> But then you already see that things are possible, right? So you know, physicists turning into comedians or aspiring to no, we're not going to So before we, any, any other question for our expert, not for the host. For any the host. any question for us? Any questions for? There's a question. Yay! Um, were you ever featured on Discovery Channel? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You, you sound like you know something. <laughs> yes, there, there is a program um, called North America Inside Out that came out on the Discovery Channel about a month or two ago um, that there were several geoscience experts um, from various places around North America that got interviewed on site. Um, and I did the section on the Appalachians and we filmed it places around here. We filmed it up in the Blue Ridge. Um, we filmed uh, up on Massanutten, and we filmed over in West Virginia. Whoa. So. Wow. Mr. Superstar. Yeah, did you have to deal with like a producer type? Oh, yeah. 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 So, so I was advised, uh, I was advised that, that, that I should get an agent. Um, so <laughs> yes. my, my agent will be contacting you after this. Oh. <laughs> you should get agents. Yeah. I think we're fine to have comedians to have our back. So, uh, we're going to end uh, with an invitation for the comedians, each and single one of you, to say something about what you learned from today's discussion. Oh, okay. And uh, don't mention my GPA. <laughs> <laughs> um, you East Campus yuppies can suck it! <laughs> D-Hall forever! Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> On that friendly note, um, I just think it's like very interesting just how alive our planet is that anything that man has built can be sucked into a gaping hole at any moment. Like it's, it's, it's we're all really on a living planet and it, you know, you gotta take care of her. It is, uh, it is a little, it's weird to think about that, you know, a million years ago, this looked very different, or a hundred million, however many years ago, this looked Yesterday. very different. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I, you always know that, like, you know, the plates are moving and the earth is changing, but I think it's when you really sit down and talk about it, you can kind of slow down and put in perspective. Uh, you we're know, so small. We're, we're just so insignificant, especially you, Diego. And, uh, <laughs> I'm the smallest one up here. And, uh, but... I'm really going to take away that thing about the ski resorts in the North Face because yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. Just, that whole jacket branding company is just brilliant now. It's so much better than uh -huh. I thought it was. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anything, uh, anything, anything, anything PC? Anything PC, Alan? Yeah, uh, uh, I learned a lot today, and uh, I just want to thank you for <laughs> giving me the opportunity. Mike. <laughs> Uh, and if we may, we would like to plug our show. We have a show coming up tomorrow, yes. uh, 8 p.m. in TDU. It's free. It's free. It's free. Uh, bring your friends. If you haven't come out to one of our shows yet, they're really fun. We try to have one at least you know, a couple times a month. So just come on out, have fun, chill out, eat some food, hang out.
touch this show, we're going to have episode 6 of the Demystifying the Expert. Same uh, <laughs> location. That's going to be March 24th. It's going to be a Thursday evening again. All right, let's uh, give thanks to the expert and the panel.